We talk future Kings and take one more look back at the rookie face-off in Las Vegas with a man who was there, Jared Chaffron, on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And of course, we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and of course a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years this episode brought to you by Jace Medical empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com we are two days away from the preseason opener september the 22nd in melbourne australia and 21 days away from opening night october 11th at crypto.com arena when the kings take on the colorado avalanche but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the future player players for the la kings uh and also talk about the ontario rain when they'll be opening up their season you can count down to that as well, we're excited to be joined once again by a friend of the show, Jared Shaffron. He's the manager of communications and content for the Ontario Rain and contributed to LA Kings Insider and co-host of the Rain Check podcast. You can follow him on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Shaffrain, S-H-A-F-R-E-I-G-N. Hey, Jared, how you doing? I'm doing great, Eddie. Thanks for having me again. Good to have you on again. And uh, we talked about it on this show on Friday and then Monday uh, the Kings playing three games in Las Vegas at the rookie faceoff. And I gave my observations, but uh, I was limited in what I could see because I was watching on a live stream, which I was very appreciative to have to get a chance to, to watch. Uh, but you were there. And so I wanted to get a chance to bring you in, uh, kind of talk about an, a first person account of the things that went on and some of the players and how they did. Uh, maybe some of the things that were said afterwards, uh, you know, the locker room, things like that. Uh, but real quick, I wanted to say, even noticing watching on the live stream, I thought the facilities in Vegas, I know they're new, uh, newer at least. Uh, I thought the facilities looked really nice, looked like there was some good attendance there. And we can dislike the Vegas Golden Knights all we want uh, because of it being the division rivals of the Kings. But pretty cool to see how Las Vegas has really embraced the sport of hockey. They absolutely have. Now, the attendance for the, the Kings games there was good in that the stands were full. They're full of scouts. Uh, ah. There's not many fans there. I mean, it again, it was full. The, the stands only held a few hundred people, and there are a few hundred scouts. I mean, I would say every wow. single NHL team has a representative at every one of these events. Uh, the one in Traverse City, Michigan, is probably the most famous one. It's been running for so long. Uh, there's events, I think, in Buffalo. They're, they're all over the place. Uh, Washington, I think, has one. So there is a few of these all over the country, and it's a really, really big tent pole kind of event for NHL scouts. The GMs are all there. Like the G general manager of every one of the six teams that were at this thing was there. Uh, Pat Verbeek's there for the Ducks. Rob Blake was there for the Kings before they left for Australia. You know, Joe Sackick, you know, all those guys are there and it's cool to, to, because it's a small little practice rink and they're all in the stands. I mean, everyone's just sitting in these, it's basically like watching a youth, a youth game in, in those stands. Mm -hmm. Now uh, all three of the Kings games were in, the, the city national arena, 
which is where the Golden Knights practice. But they did have a few games in the AHL rink that the Henderson Silver Knights play in, and we've been there before, obviously, with the rain. That is an outstanding facility as well. That holds five, 6,000 people, and they didn't fill it, but it got pretty close to full. So that was a great example of the fans embracing hockey in, in Vegas with some thousands of people watching the Golden Knights prospects. Uh, for, the, for the Kings games, uh, it was a lot of scouts. <laughs> Well, hey, you that's why we haven't yawned today. Exactly. You were there. Yeah. You can tell us exactly uh, some details like that. So very cool. Sure. Now the Kings did go 0-2-1 in the rookie faceoff, but you know, record is not really that important. They were all competitive games. Uh, it is about, you know, competition for these young players getting to show off their skills, getting some extra work in before training camp. Uh, did Rain head coach Marco Sturm was able to, to talk to you? Uh, or any of the the media there uh, about what he thought about the performance of the rookies there at the faceoff? Actually, he was pretty impressed about how the team came out and played. Uh, You know, when you look at some of the rosters, uh, you know, especially some of the teams like San Jose and Anaheim Mm -hmm. that maybe have missed the playoffs the last couple of years that that haven't been a a contender like the Kings have, you know, their rosters have a lot of prospects that are pretty high-end that have some pretty serious expectations. A couple guys, you know, Arizona, another one of those teams with, with some players that are expected to, you know, compete for a spot on the NHL roster. That's not really the case for, for the Kings this year. I don't think there's anybody. Uh, and that's, you know, part of the reason is if they were that close to competing, they probably would be in Australia right now. So, uh, you know, I think the Kings still have some really good young players and the kids that the Kings drafted were probably all of the best players for LA those draft picks the people and the the picks that the Kings have invested time in really stood out a lot of the other guys who are invite players you know obviously were giving it their all and they were competitive but they don't have necessarily the talent that a lot of those high-end picks have or even again for the Kings like an example you know the Kings have guys who they drafted maybe even if it was a little bit later like Caleb Lawrence I think it was a sixth round pick or something he was one of the standouts for me uh, and his size and his strength and his skill. And he's still pretty young. He's only at age 19. So for some of those guys to, to showcase themselves, that's what the Kings are looking for. But with the way that the Kings have been drafting and trading away some of their capital for, for NHL talent, they, o- they only had enough players, I think 12 uh, either picks that were signed or drafted by the Kings. The other 15 were all invites. So we got more than half of your roster as invites. It's going to be a little bit helter-skelter. I thought, and, and what Marco said to me, was that he was really happy with the way that those guys came in and got down the system and played the way that they want to play. System-wise, I think it was pretty good. I think, you know, ultimately you want to win games. They didn't do that, so it wasn't perfect. But like you said, it was competitive, and some of the guys that stood out were the guys you were looking for, so that was a good sign. Probably the best story for the LA Kings was goalie Jacob Ingham. Uh, not only did he play really, really well, but the circumstances surrounding him coming back and playing well as well. Maybe you can give the details on, on what his story is right now. Yeah, so Jacob Ingham actually played in last year's rookie faceoff, and he was really good. He started two games for the Kings, and it was looking like that would be a nice starting point for his season. And unfortunately, he suffered an injury uh, to his back either – during that showcase or maybe just beforehand when he was getting ready for it. And he tried to play through it in that showcase. And again, his results were actually pretty good. He, he played well, but uh, he came back to the LA area, got it evaluated and unfortunately had to have surgery and it, it shut him down for the entire season. 
Uh, kind of a similar surgery to what, what he told me, what Victor Arvidsson had uh, two years ago when the Kings were in the playoffs and, and Arvidsson missed some time. And then he had the whole off season to recover for it and got back for the Kings. But just the timing of this, having the surgery in basically October and then having a rehab for it, it wiped out Ingham's entire season last year. So 22-23, he only played in the rookie showcase, and that was it. Uh, he was a non-roster injured player for the LA Kings, technically. Never even got to the Ontario Reign or, or anything else the entire season. So he comes back this year. His entry-level contract had expired, so he was a complete, he was a free agent, could have signed anywhere, and the Reign signed him to an AHL deal. So not quite where he was with his entry-level status for the Kings, but still in the organization, still a guy that's able to play for the Kings in the rookie face-off. So he gave him another chance, come right back to the rookie face-off, and he started two games again, and he was excellent. Uh, just allowed one goal, I think like a 981 save percentage was, was what he had at 53 saves on 54 shots, if I'm rem remembering correctly. So an outstanding return for him to be able to play in these games. He looked great. And he was joking about it, Eddie, like after the games were over, he said, this is the fifth time he's been in the rookie <laughs> showcase. He's like, I've done the whole circuit. The first time that he went to the rookie showcase was, was in Vegas and now it's been held everywhere. And now it's back to Vegas again and he's still there. So he kind of made a joke about that, but obviously that's not where you want to be. I mean, you aspire to move on and move up, but at least, Hey, he played really well in it. And hopefully this time, it's a good springboard for him. He's going to have opportunities in, in NHL camp with the Kings, and he's going to try to make the Rain roster. Uh, the Rain, it's going to be hard for him to do that. There are a couple other guys that that the Rain may be looking at to play goaltender. He doesn't want to be in the ECHL with Greenville. He may have to start there, but if he plays like he did in the rookie faceoff, uh, he'll probably find himself on the Rain at some point. Well, the goalie I was really looking forward to seeing was Eric Portillo, the former Michigan Wolverine star, and he had a bit of a tough time. He did come in off the bench in the first game, and maybe that wasn't uh, something he's done very often and didn't, didn't really have his best game. And then a little bit better in the second game, but uh, what was said about his performance? Yeah, I think, you know, not really what you were looking for from Portillo, for sure. Uh, the good thing is, right, it's an exhibition, it's a preseason, I I probably don't want to read too much into it, even though after I just said amazing things about Ingham, <laughs> you probably can't read too much about into that either. Like I said last, yeah. you know, for Ingham, he is older. So, like, you kind of do expect it's his fifth time at this thing. If he's not playing well, then what are we doing here? So, for Portillo, who is similar age to Ingham, uh, it was his first time. And it was his first time being in front of all those scouts, being in front of all those, you know, situations, wearing a Kings jersey. It's an NHL event. There's a lot of circumstances that come around that, whereas Ingham was very comfortable in that situation because he's done it so many times. Eric Portillo has never done that before. So hopefully for him, that was just a little hiccup. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you look for him to play a little better. I think it was nice that he did get to play the whole game, the third game on Monday, which I noticed I thought he started settling in a little bit more. I think he played well first couple minutes, and then – after that first goal was allowed, he definitely had to struggle a little bit. But I noticed that later on in the game, he got he saw that it looked like he was a little more comfortable. And I think he's just going to have to work at it. And hopefully, you know, I think the talent is there. You look at his numbers at Michigan. You look at what he was trusted with there. They had so many high-level prospects. That was a team with the highest of expectations. They made it to the national championship game last year. So he's played in big environments. He's played in big moments. You just got to hope that he shakes that off. And another guy who's going to be in NHL training camp with the Kings and 
you know, even though he didn't have the start that he wanted to, uh, he's going to have those opportunities to showcase himself. All right, a little bit more with Jared Shafford coming up. I want to ask him about the most exciting player that I saw for the LA Kings, the rookie faceoff. We'll do that here on uh, on next on Locked on LA Kings, uh, your team every day. Hey, real quick, this episode brought to you by Jace Medical, who provides a product called the Jace Case that can supply you with five life-saving antibiotics in case of emergency. All you have to do is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, make a quick call to their board-certified physicians to get prepared with antibiotics in case of an emergency. You can also get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication deliveries and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. We continue with Jared Shaffron, Manager of Communications and Content for the Ontario Reign. Uh, and we uh, talk about the rookies at the rookie face-off. And I really enjoyed watching Francesco Pinelli. He looked fantastic, uh, just exciting, skilled, fun to watch. Uh, now, he, he still is eligible to go back to uh, his junior team. Uh, I, I can't imagine that's going to happen with what we've seen from him and the, the season he had last year in juniors. Looks like he's ready to be a pro. Um, but uh, are we going to... Do you know if we're going to see him in Ontario this year? Is that what they're talking about? And and just talk about the tournament that he had. Yeah, they're definitely talking about having him be in Ontario this year. I do think that is exciting because Kings fans, you know, they'll be able to see him a lot more. They, they won't have to watch him on a, a junior stream or something like that, which is great. I do think that, you know, when you look at the lineup, it's not going to be easy for him to get minutes right away. I, I kind of have talked about it a little bit. It's a little bit like Martin Kromiak last year. Everyone was very excited about Martin Kromiak. He had a great, uh, great rookie face-off last year in San Jose. And the season started, and unfortunately for Kromiak, he, he had uh, an appendectomy. So uh, his season was, was cut uh, short from the beginning. But when he got going, he was, uh, you know, bottom six forward for a lot of the season. He did move up into the top six at some points. He had a really good stretch in the second half of the season. And I'm kind of thinking that that's what might be the case with Francesco Pinelli. I, I think – he is an elitely skilled player. There is no doubt that everybody expects him to, you know, perform and be a guy who is an NHL prospect. But I think also the expectations probably need to be a little bit lower for what he's going to be capable to do in his first AHL season uh, if he stays with the rain for the entire year. Just because, number one, ice time. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be in the top six right away. I don't know that, that that's going to be the plan for him. But also, he's going to be, for the first time in his career, playing against big, strong, fast men, bigger players, not junior age kids. And I think, you know, this is the same kind of stuff we talk about with Quentin Byfield too, right? Like you have these – Pinelli had a 90-point performance last year in the OHL. That's great. But the AHL is, is way tougher. So it's very rare that you see somebody come in and put up those type of numbers in their first year. But it's exciting – some of that skill he is going to be able to go out there make plays he's a confident player he's got a little swagger he's got a little physicality in his game he goes out there with a purpose he was chirping a little bit you know he didn't like losing like that, that's what you want to see the team was behind at the end of the games and and that doesn't sit well with guys so they were a little frustrated he was a little frustrated and it was it was good to see that he has that drive to, to try to win games and, and was really 
doing some fun things out there. Yeah, I loved watching him on the penalty kill, which obviously is about a lot of effort and desire and, uh, and you know, being quick out there on the ice to get in those passing lanes and whatnot. Uh, and a guy that he was teamed up with a lot was somebody I thought was very exciting too, and that's former Harvard star Alex Laferriere, who got a little taste with the rain last season. But uh, I don't know if it's possible that they could be paired up together uh, in Ontario, but they did seem to have some good chemistry. Uh, and I thought Laferriere also uh, looked pretty good there in Vegas. Yeah, I, to me, Alex Laferriere was the was the player I thought looked the best. He was, I mean, every time he was on the ice, I thought they were creating chances. And you're right, that line was was clearly the best line for for the Kings of the event. I thought Laferriere showed he's mature, he is physical, he was going after people, hit hitting on in the open ice. Uh, that's what you expect. He's a bit older. Uh, another guy like like Ingham and Portillo that you know, has been around for a couple of years. He went to college and man, I, I think he's probably my most, the player I'm most excited for uh, potentially in Ontario. I mean, I'm not even going to rule out him making the Kings because it's not completely out of the question that, that Leferrier is on the Kings. Uh, he, it would be a bit of a long shot uh, for him to make the roster right away, but I wouldn't completely count him out because he's mature and he has a great shot and he's physical. So if you're thinking about a guy who might be good for a bottom six role for the Kings, Leferriere is big, strong, and physical, but he has a lot of skill. And, uh, you know, to me, he's just super exciting, and I can't wait to watch him this year. You mentioned Martin Kromiak. Any other forwards that you wanted to point out that you thought had some nice uh, skills and showings there at the rookie faceoff? Yeah, Kromiak for sure uh, did his thing, kind of normal what we'd expect, but, I mean, he scored a big goal late in the game. Uh, I thought that that he was really good in that, in that. And then Andre Lee, again, a guy who's older, he was the third guy on the line with Pinelli and Laferriere, and he benefited from being the third guy on that line, but he was physical as well. I think he played in Ontario last year and had that similar type of role as, as Chromiak where you know it, it was his first year in pro and there was an adjustment there. And in the second half of the season, he really started playing better. He started understanding his role and understanding what he needed to do every night. And he picked up where he left off at, at the rookie faceoff. So Andre Lee, I thought, was really good. Atu Yamsen, a guy who is going back to, to his Finnish professional team after this event, he was really good as well. He's I think, in his spot as well with the Yeah, uh, well, he's got the, the hair. bleached, bleached <laughs> yes. hair, new hair due for him. Uh, top six forward for sure. And a guy who, again, one of those draft picks that you'd expect him to stand out over the invites. And he did. He was one of the top point producers. He had a really nice goal off a, a, a cross-ice pass by Chromiak on the power play. Uh, he, I thought, probably maybe struggled a little more on the defensive side of the of the game, but his offense is elite. His skills are elite. And probably a guy that you might see over here maybe next year. I don't know. It doesn't sound like he's going to play North America this year. He's going back to Finland. Uh, his team, you know, it's interesting with him and with Jacob Dvorak, who are playing overseas, their seasons start earlier. So a guy like Jomsen actually played some games for his team. He already did training camp. So he's in mid-season form. He had to fly he had to fly to North America, a pretty long flight to get here and play. But to me, at least, you know, his conditioning is mid-season. He's played in a couple games. They're in the Champions League over there, very competitive. He was, I think, tied for his team lead in points coming in. So it to me, yes, more of an adjustment as far as he's never really played in North America, but he was at the rookie faceoff last year in San Jose. This was his second time there for the Kings. And he's in mid-season 
you know, conditioning form. So a little bit easier and you'd expect to see him do a little bit more. He was able to take on a bigger role because of that. All right, a little bit more with Jared Schaffron. Coming up, we'll talk about some of the defensemen for the LA Kings at the rookie faceoff and talk about the upcoming season for the Ontario Reign. We'll do that here next on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. I do want to remind you today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is kicked off, and uh, FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on the Super Bowl and pick a winner, you can get bonus bets every time that team wins a regular season game. Again, just pick a team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get a bonus bet for every victory during the regular season. You can use those bonus bets on point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on all right wrapping it up with jared chaffron contributed to la kings insider.com and co-host of the rain check podcast and i did want to get your thoughts on some of the defensemen there in the rookie faceoff of the kings and a couple of guys i was interested to watch one of them you talked about the recent draft pick jacob dvorak uh and also another college guy uh, former michigan state standout cole krieger who is another player who got a little taste with the Ontario rain last season. Maybe you could touch on those two guys a little bit. I thought Dvorak got a little bit better kind of as the uh, tournament went along there. Yeah. Those are my top two defensemen for sure. Uh, from what I saw at, at this event, I think, you know, starting with Dvorak, I definitely thought he got better as he got a little more acclimated, maybe a little bit tentative in his first game, but still made a lot of good reads. Like when he had the puck, I don't think he was making poor decisions. I think the game was probably moving a little bit faster. Uh, he's probably used to a bigger sheet of ice overseas in, in the Czech Republic. So a little bit of a smaller sheet and a little bit faster. I'm sure the players a little bit faster too in North America. So I thought he handled it really well. And I thought it was great that he got in all three games, definitely a priority for the Kings staff to make sure that he played in all three of those games. And that's not hard. I mean, that's not easy either. You got back to back and then a, a quick day off and you got another game. So three games in four days at the event. And I thought he looked pretty comfortable and he had his defensive partner changed a few times too. So it wasn't like he was playing with the same guy. That was great to see. And then Cole Krieger, uh, as you mentioned, an older guy. And so you'd expect like LaFerriere, like Portillo Krieger, uh, I think may have been the oldest player, either him or Ingham probably Krieger played five years at Michigan state. So a long college career, a guy who has less of a runway, like he has to come in and be really good right away because his time as a quote unquote prospect is kind of coming to an end. He's got to figure it out quickly. Uh, and, and I think what was cool for him and I, I, you know, spoke about a few people spoke to a few people about this. I thought that the Kings development staff who were there, like guys like Matt green and, and, you know, uh, Sean O'Donnell, they were coming at Krieger like all the time with a lot of information. Same thing with the coaching staff, defensive coaches is Chris Chris Height on the staff. They had a lot of info for, for Krieger, like a lot of video, a lot of tidbits. Sometimes at these events, it's the beginning of the season. You just want to let these guys go and play, do their thing, showcase, don't, don't coach them too much. But with Krieger, I think because he's a little bit older, he's more mature, and he's, you know, has a higher level that after each game, he was getting a lot of instruction and he was able to incorporate that. I feel like the coaching staff was really happy with how he got better. And he only played in the first two games. He didn't play in the third game, but he was getting that information and able to implement it really quickly. Uh, even after, you know, even after the team practiced in El Segundo before they went over there, 
to Vegas. It, there was discussions like, we want you here. We want you doing this. This is what you got to do. And, and he was listening and trying to implement those things right away. And I think he's a mature guy. He wore a letter in both of those games for, for the Kings and someone that, you know, it's a crowded blue line at the AHL level. Like forget about him. He's not going to make the Kings right away, but I think he's going to challenge to be, you know, a second or third pair defenseman for the rain and get consistent minutes. He had a lot of minutes uh, at this event. The Kings trusted him out there. So the LA Kings lineup is pretty much set. There's not a lot of roster spots available for competition in camp with maybe the exception of the third pairing on defense. And even that we kind of know the group of players who are probably fighting for that spot. Um, so because of that, is the roster for the rain kind of pretty much set? And do you have a good idea of who some of the players are going to be for Ontario this year that will play key roles this season? Yeah, I think you have an idea. I think that, you know, what's interesting is in this camp is there's more opportunity with the way that the groups are split up where you have this Australia group and the Kings have the split squad back here in, in California where they're going to play some games before the Australia group gets back to North yeah. America. They've got so a game those Sunday. Guys, Sunday. Yeah, in there's Anaheim. a game Sunday in Anaheim. There's a game uh, two or Wednesday in Vegas next week. And then there's a game Friday in San Diego against Anaheim. You know, I don't really see the guys from Australia playing in any of those games. Maybe that Friday in San Diego, you might start to see one or two guys if they feel good and if they didn't play as much in Australia. Mm -hmm. You might see them, but otherwise, there's a lot of room for some of these guys who uh, are either coming from the rookie showcase and, and are starting camp with the Kings, or if they are players that are a little bit more veteran status, and Akil Thomas, a Tyler Madden, you know, uh, a, a guy like uh, on defense. There's a there's a few players, Kevin Connaughton, Wyatt Wiley is going to get a chance. So those guys are you know probably going to be on the rain, but if they show well in these NHL exhibition games, they could make themselves an opportunity to, Hey, if somebody goes down with an injury, if someone's not pulling their weight and isn't playing well, and the Kings need somebody who's their first call up going to be, I, I feel like you're right, Eddie, that there's only one or two spots available right now. And those guys who are competing for those spots are in Australia. They're in that group a, so to speak already. And some of them are going to have to come down to the rain. I don't know who's going to come down, but the guys who are in Group B, the chances that they're not going to make the that they're going to make the NHL roster on opening night extremely slim. Like I was even saying with a guy like Alex Laferriere. But I feel like if there's an injury or two, or if the Kings start slow and and they're not playing up to the expectations, these guys are in try to put be in position to be the first call up, to be the next guy up. I mean, everybody talks about you know the some of these high end guys. But you got to remember, like a couple of years ago, no one expected Sean Dersey to be playing for the LA Kings. He came up around Thanksgiving at the end of November. He started that year at the rookie faceoff in in um, where were we that year? We were in uh, Arizona, so he started in in the Phoenix area, and then by November he was up on the NHL roster. He never came back. So I think you can got to look at that and say. This this NHL roster and opening night, if everybody's healthy, it's basically you know within within a few guys set. But things can change. There's trades. There's things that happen. And so as a younger guy or as somebody who isn't in that top level group right now, you got to be doing all the right things to try to be that next guy, be that call up, be, get that opportunity. So there's a lot of those guys. I, I think you look at a guy like Mikhail Maltsev up front as a forward. 
you know, probably going to start with the rain, but played last year with the Colorado Avalanche. I think the Avalanche really liked him. Had a bit of an injury uh, last year that set him back, but definitely a guy who's been in the NHL before and could step in. Uh, you look at a guy, like I mentioned, LaFerriere, I think, you know, he's going to be competing for one of those next type of spots and he's going to start uh, in, in that second group here. And and then you got to look at, you know, on defense, I, I think I mentioned Kevin Connaughton for sure. Uh, Joe Hickett, Steven Santini. Those are all guys that have played in the NHL the past couple of years that are trying to be that, that next guy call up if, if the Kings need somebody. For the Ontario Reign and Jared, please correct me if I don't have these dates right, but I believe the Reign opened up the preseason October 6th in Coachella Valley, and then the regular season starts for the Kings AHL affiliate October 13th at home against the San Diego Goals. So hopefully I got those dates right. You did. That, that's perfect. All right. I got something right. Uh, Jared Schaffron, uh, we hope to check in with you from time to time during the upcoming season to get updates on the Ontario rain. And of course, if you want to stay connected all season long with the rain, check out the rain check podcast as Jared Chaffin will be the co-host of that as well. Jared, always great to get some information from you. Always appreciate your time. Thanks. And uh, we'll definitely talk to you down the line. Great. Thanks for having me on Eddie. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for today's show uh, for you. Every day is those of you that listen and watch every day coming up tomorrow. We are scheduled to be joined by Andrew McDougall and Gordon Goodenough. They are from Hockey Hype Australia. They are covering the NHL Global Series in Melbourne, and they're going to give us a first-hand account of what's been going on with the LA Kings down under and lighten us a bit on the hockey scene in Australia. And I believe they're both going to be coming to us live from Rod Laver Arena where the two preseason games are going to be played, the site where the Australian Open is held every uh, year. So that's going to be exciting if that turns out to be the case. So very cool to get some firsthand accounts from a couple of guys who are big hockey fans and cover hockey in Australia. So really looking forward to that. Friday, we're going to preview the Kings preseason opener in Melbourne and then, of course, have our weekly fan feedback show as well. That's uh, going to do it for this show. Want to want you to stay interactive with us, if you could, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked on LA Kings. And if you want to send an email, the email address locked on Eddie, E D D I E at gmail.com. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings, go.